episode 38 of the Fly Kids Show. We are back, and this time I'm sitting inside of what I would consider a think tank. <laughs> a whole design studio situation. Um, many people, if you follow me, you might have seen me rocking some of these uh, these shoelaces because they're so ill. Um, and you know, I'm not I'm not a big accessories guy, but this is something that I, I could see myself getting with. And um, my good homie Chuck, he put me on to this brand, and I said, um, "All right, let me see about it." So I wanted to. Once I got into it, I was like, "All right." I need to know more about the owner and the designer story. So today, I'm sitting down with, and I'm calling this the Laced Up, Dripped Up episode. <laughs> uh, I'm sitting down with Mr. Tariq Star Baker. Yo. How are you today, sir? Good, good, good. Um, I'm, I'm here. Okay, yeah, okay. Here. By the way, I'm your host, Geronimo Knows, Backpack Matt, my super engineer and co-host is, is not with us, but you know, taking this show on the road. So whenever I'm on the road, you're gonna hear more of these episodes popping off. Um, so we just stop right from the top, man. I'll just tell everybody where you're from. Oh, um, I'm from Hempstead, Long Island. I'm okay. from New York. I'm a, I'm a New Yorker. I grew up in the suburbs of New York. So, okay. you know, the small suburbs right in the hood. Okay. Yeah. Long Island is funny like that. Like it's, it's suburban, but it's it, it still got some, some pockets that, you know, ain't traditional what you think a, a suburb to be. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it's. Like, for a prime example, it was the projects up the block, and then you drive down the block. Mm. It's uh, a beautiful house, yeah. you know? So, you actually get a chance to dream in Long Island if you... It, it makes sense that mm. way, if you use it in that aspect. But mm. for most of the part, you're right in the hood like everybody else. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, I can kind of relate to that. Just the part of... Um, so, I'm from PG County, Maryland, right okay. outside D.C. And the part that I grew up in, it's like borders, southeast D.C., you know... It's not the worst place, but it ain't the best place either. You yeah. know, and um some things have definitely gone down. You know what I mean? Um okay, so what was it like for you growing up? Just like what you remember what like at that time? You know, uh, what I remember is just, you know, good times and a lot of family. Okay. Um and um I grew up around my grandmother. I mean, I, my mother and my father. My mother had me when she was young. Mm-hmm. She was like 16 going on 17 or okay. something like that. She okay. was real young. Um and I just, you know, so my grandmother took care of us a lot. And I had both grandmothers at that time around. We used to always, I used to flop from house to house. Mm-hmm. You know, my, you had young parents. They wanted to party and have fun. So, yeah. you know, my pops was locked up a lot. He was in and out of jail. When he was home, it was all love. But mm-hmm. when he locked up, then we had to go see him a lot, yeah. whatever. But um, for me, it was, I just remember a lot of drugs, too. Okay. Like, a lot of drugs, a lot of, uh, you know, you know, just kids and people making the best out of, their atmosphere, whatever is around them, whether whether they playing with shopping carts and mm-hmm. or whether it's water and the sprinklers happening, yeah. you know, like whether they be paying tag or yeah. we just made the best of them. Yeah, it's being real resourceful with your fun. A hundred percent resourceful about and in your area. Yeah. yeah. Were you always into just style? Did you always have that eye for style with people around you? Style, like, personally I've always had eye for style. My father was uh, pretty stylish. I think I got everything from him when it comes to that. Okay. Um, but uh, personally, you know, I, I had a nice personal touch from coming up. Like I, I, I kind of knew what I liked early. Mm-hmm. You know, so kind of I, I just created. I didn't care what people thought yeah. about anything with me. I just this is what I like. This is what I wore. So it didn't matter. I, mean, I was into like polo and Tommy Hilfiger, all the other stuff. But I used to get like the different stuff from there. Like I'll get like a, I had like a. 
a lime green stressed out guest leather, like lime green leather. Like yeah. who gets that? Like, but I, <laughs> but my whole thing was like, fuck it. If they made it, it was made for a reason. Yeah. You know, for a guy like me, mm-hmm. just a different touch. So, but yeah. you just knew how to like make it your own. You yeah, know what for I mean? sure. And I think that's 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 what's key, especially for people who are considered flower or whatever. Like they just know how to make whatever their own thing, and not necessarily fall in line with the crowd. I think um, I'm a city boy. I think. This reality of I I grew up in the suburbs, but my whole mentality was city. Like okay. from the beginning, like I used to leave high school and um, get on the Long Island Railroad, go to like 18th Street. I had an internship at Priority Records. I had an internship okay. at a record label when I was in high school, and I used to be in the city all the time. I used to hang out on West Fourth Street. I okay. remember I used to dance. I used to dance crazy. I used to go to like Sticky Mike's and all these other clubs that all everybody, all the other polo heads used to go hang out at. So yeah, yeah. I happened to be the just the kid from. Um, Long Island, but at the same time, all my friends were from Brooklyn, Queens, Staten Island, the Bronx. So I, I had a, a real a, a set of friends from everywhere, which okay. was I think that was dope because I went back to Long Island. I used to always hear like, oh, this person got got into a fight or this person got hurt, but I wasn't wasn't around. Yeah, yeah. I had I always made my way and beat all the all the BS. You ever cross paths with the uh, the low lifes? I was part of the low lives. What? So my whole head. <laughs> Get out of here! <laughs> so my whole thing was, uh, yeah, Lola's had different, yeah, Lola's Decepticons, mm-hmm. um, guess, uh, guess that. So you gotta, you 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 got, you got different uh, times of that. Like for me, I was the young, the young head. You okay. know, they, they used to call it T Lo was my name. Okay. You know what I mean? Like so, you know, yeah. and that was like the the double L was like you wanted to be part of that. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't feel like. It was no gang. You didn't have to. You didn't have to steal. Believe it or not, you didn't have to do it. You just had to. You just knew your. Sh- I knew. I knew everything about low that okay. I needed to know. Okay. You know what I mean? So I was. I was meeting people at the turnstiles, trading like, trading like pee wing jackets mm-hmm. for teddy bear. I had to. I had all of that. I had hurdle, respect the sportsmen, uh, visible CP nits. I can just keep going. Like okay. I, I had all of it. The hurdle man. I was actually a lot of people had. The, the reflector fireman jacket, but they had it with uh, a lot of the cats had it with like they was red, they had a red one, they had a blue one, but I had the yellow joint. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I knew the boosters in the hood. Okay, you know what I okay. mean? So I got hooked up from one of the boosters and I asked him for that jacket and he, and he sold it to me eventually. So I was hot. That's that, dope, yeah. man. That's dope. So I know, um, I remember um, my guy, Amon Focus, he interviewed you for his podcast, New Super York dope. Yeah. And um, I remember you saying that you were a barber and you had owned a couple of shops. Yeah, Barbara, my father taught me how to cut hair. Okay. And then I cut hair with, um, and I that was my survival. Cutting hair was my thing. So mm-hmm. I, I knew how to cut hair very well. That was my first, I think that was my first step to styling somebody okay. or styling anything was like starting with the head. And just you, sharpen your ad for detail and yeah, all that. Yeah, I think that was it. And then on top of that, you wasn't broke. You had $5, you had $10. Everybody in the neighborhood was knocking on your door. Yeah. You, you, you made 200 or 100 for the day. You was... You was hot for the week. I mean, that's a good that's a good profession. That's a great skill to have. Like, as long as you got some electricity and a chair. I had my you, grandmother's bathroom. You can make it happen. You know, it was crazy <laughs> because, you know, somebody got to use the bathroom, then you got to stop cutting the person's hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. got to wait in the hallway for a little while and shit. <laughs> Don't let them take a shit. You be stuck. You be like, oh, fuck. I, you know, oh, damn, I got to wait for a little while. You're my man. You want to wait a little while longer but, before we go back in there. That, but the grandmother, the toilet and the bathroom was my... I used to, that was my that good bathroom shop. light. Yeah, that bathroom light and just the toilet moving a little bit from side to side. Yeah. That was it. That's what made you sharp. Just make, just, just make, 
you know, look, we we the, we didn't really have no real worries. The worries were survival, and we didn't, I didn't even think about the future at that point. It mm -hmm. was just all about day to day living. Yeah, I mean, like you know, a lot of people was thinking about a lot of people. Parents was teaching about what's gonna what they need to be doing in the future. Like we was taught like to survive for the day. Like, well, be good, take care of yourself now. Yeah, you know what I mean. Okay. I mean, that wasn't. I don't think maybe that was the wasn't the best approach. You know what I mean? Because you know your future is important, but you know. You you prepare for your future so much that you you struggle crazy at that and, present and, moment and not you know being I mean? focused on the moment so much. Yeah, you yeah. got you know look hands on skills and having you know people skills and all that stuff. That I learned that with mm -hmm. time, you know. So a lot of my friends was going to college. Like one of my best friends, he went to Howard. Um, another one went to University of Buffalo. Mm -hmm. um, I had different friends that were Hampton, all over. Yeah, like locals, and I was like out of high school. I I said, fuck it, I'm just gonna go cut hair. Yeah. And I'm, you know, and then from there I was like, fuck it, I wanna own a barbershop. Mm -hmm. And I started that. So, were you the first person to own just the whole business and your family? I think so. My grandmother helped me. I'm not sure if I'm the first person to actually own a business. I think my uncle had like a mechanic shop or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, I was the youngest owner in my town. Okay. In history, period. And both and both your shops were in Long Island? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I used to get money out of Long Island. That was my thing. What was the name of your shops? Um, I had the, the first one was called The Source. Okay. Like, you know, because it was all about hip-hop and music. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Then, um, and then I was on one part of the town, and I, and I eventually opened up a second one. I closed that one, opened up a second one. Um, I met a guy. I used to cut his hair. He wanted to invest with me, so we opened up a second one. Okay. Um, and that one was called The Source 2000 okay. Hair and Nail Studio. Okay. That was, we opened it in 2000. So you had a whole salon situation going on by this Yeah, point. that's 17 years ago. We opened that in 2000. That's crazy. This, yeah. is, that, this is 2017 now. Okay. That was 17 years ago. Yeah. Yeah, 17 years. Damn. I mean, the fact that, I mean, a lot of businesses don't even make it that long, so you know. Yeah, but I did that. <laughs> I mean, it, I mean, I got, I was young mm -hmm. doing that shit. I was, uh. You know, I just I did I had a I had a it was a nice place. It was three thousand square feet. Mm -hmm. I had like wood on the walls. It had a living room feel to it. Okay. I always had a, like a a good a niche for making stuff look good. Okay. So I I enjoy that. So even from just styling yourself to interior design. Like yeah, I, I, I can make a blank canvas look really nice. Okay. Like I just think I like it. That's yeah. just the that's the Martha Stewart in me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So were you still going back and forth uh, between Long Island and the city? When you I always traveled. Okay. Never stopped traveling. Okay. Um, when I actually, when I gave up my gave up the shop, I cut hair in Long Island for a little while. That was my first time really. That was my second time actually cutting hair for somebody else's shop. Yeah. yeah. Did it for a little while, and um, and then I eventually I had a Range Rover. I drove it over to. It's crazy because I drove it to uh, 125th Street, mm -hmm. and I was cruising 125. Mm -hmm. And um. And I bumped into this spot called Levels, and I cut hair in Levels on 125 between Morningside yes, and Amsterdam. Yes, 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 yes. But they had a lot of celebrity clientele. Yeah. And I remember like me I used asking, to get my hair cut in Levels, yeah. I remember asking them all the time, like, yo, how you do this? I remember my first client was like Dougie Fresh and his family and his kids. I remember cutting Mike Epps hair in there. Mm -hmm. And um, and I, you know, they just was like, live it. That's what you want to be? Then say it. Yeah. Start saying that's what you are, and you start, you become it. Mm -hmm. And it happened. I was at an event. I met a... And um, a, a lady by the name of Stacy Gray, I remember that. And we was at a um, Mario Winans event, mm -hmm. and she was like, "Yo, you look nice, you, you know." And I was like, "You look good too." Like just giving her a compliment, real good. 
good energy. And um, she's like, what you do? And I told her. She's like, and she told me she was a celebrity hairstylist. And I was like, get out of here. You exchange contacts. Boom, boom, boom. And um, she called me for a video shoot one day. And um, that was my first time really like working on a set. Okay. So would you say that was your first? That's how I got the name Starway, too. Okay. Okay. So It makes more sense now. <laughs> Nah. I mean, there's, there's, there, there are stories to every nickname, so. Yeah, I mean, it, they say Star for short, but Star Way was it, because okay. like the Star's Way. It yeah, was yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. So, was that your first professional foray into fashion? Cut. Yeah, hair. Yeah. Okay, it. so you still you were just there cutting? I was there just cutting. I wasn't okay. styling. Okay, um, okay. So, what was the first? I was assisting her. Okay, so what was the first, what was your first professional move within the fashion industry? I went through different stages before I got to that. So, I've you know I've been designing for like the last I guess seven or eight years, seven years. Okay. Not that long. Okay. Um, I mean, even when I was in high school, I had a scholarship to school uh, Parsons. I didn't take it. Mm. You know what I mean? I couldn't take it. It was just I wanted to be able to survive. I didn't have the backing to actually go to school and eat well and all that type of stuff. Would I you been would you have done it had you had the, the yeah I would the financial backing to do yeah. I would have. I think I would have. I would have did a lot of things. Okay. Because I'm, but I don't know, you know, with this mindset. I mean, I have the survival mindset, yeah. you know, you know, like, I'm just one of them people that you don't know what's happening with me. Like, you don't know. You just, you don't even want to guess because you might be wrong. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I give that energy off. Yeah. Like, I do know that part about me. Like, you know, um, if I dream it, I do it. So, like, I'm not, like, a dreamer. I'm a dreamer, dude. I'm a Pisces, so mm. we dream, but I'm left-handed. Like, I, I think totally different. I don't know nothing about Zodiacs, but I am left-handed, so yeah. I, I'm, I'm with you. Yeah, <laughs> and, and I think left-handed people are, attack things a lot differently. And then maybe, you know, most people are that, whatever. That's whatever cliche, but it's the truth. No, like, no, it's definitely, it's definitely true. You can't put me with every category with yeah. someone else. But anyway, to say all that... You know, I, I I go at what I want, and eventually I get it, regardless. I mean, even just though, even up to that point, like to the point where you met this woman and you, she asked you to come on the set and video shoot all that. Even up to that point, you had already done so much to just start sharpening your your, yeah, your, your skill set and everything. I, and, like I you, my... and you did that on your own, like not even through traditional means. A lot right. of people can't do that. A lot of people can't come up on opportunities and like start honing their skills that way. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know all, my, all my skills was, everything I built was all opportunity. Okay. Not necessarily somebody gave me the opportunity, maybe I created the opportunity. Okay. Because I'm a creator. Yeah. Like, I create opportunities. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily. I, I Actually, not too many people gave me opportunities. I think I've earned my opportunities. Okay. okay. You know what I mean? Like, you know, if I don't call nobody throughout the day, most of the time, I'm not getting a phone call based on my personal... I'm getting a phone call based on what can we do for each other business-wise. Right, right. Just keeping it all mutual. So so then, past seven, eight years, you said you've been designing. Yeah. So I did, I mean, you got to understand, I went from cutting hair. I mean, this is, you know, in most interviews all sound like, you know, you tell the same story. I mean, the reality is that it stages to who I am as yeah. a person. So, I mean, I went from cutting hair to really quickly, I went from cutting hair to like being bored with that, working with, you know, working with celebrities and stuff, being bored with that, to to uh, having a clients that, I had other clients too that was like, I had a good friend of mine and mm -hmm. I used to cut his hair, 
and he was on Wall Street. Okay. And he was a broker, and okay. he was like, "Yo, you know how do you know you can close deals?" Okay. And I was like, "I can't close no deals. I didn't go to school for that." He's like, "Yo, you should take your Series Seven, mm. take your sixty three, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, that type of stuff." And so, I was like, "Yo, just show me what you do." Yeah. And then before you know it, I kind of like like the talking to people, closing deals type of thing. Did you actually take the series? The series I didn't seven? take none of them. Oh, okay. I didn't have to. I just decided to do business development okay. underneath one, uh, another one of my our friend's company. Okay. And um, he had a company on Wall Street. And I wound up taking a desk in his space. So instead of me, um, instead of me um, working for him, yeah. I just rented a desk. Okay. So you did the corporate thing for a high second. I did the corporate thing for three years. Wow. Worked okay. in lived. And what year was this? Got the year. I worked and lived on Wall Street. Okay. <laughs> so, like, All right. so I wore a suit and tie on a regular. That's a come up for 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 a kid from from Hempstead, Long Island. Yeah, I did that. I mean, <laughs> my goal was business development, so I wanted to help people that was like me that couldn't didn't have opportunity. Mm-hmm. So I used to work with like Chase Bank. I used mm-hmm. to work with a lot of you know. I used to help develop the credit, see what's going on with their TransUnion artifacts and Experian. Yeah. Seeing what's happening with that, I try to just help people. I was pretty good at creating corporations and all of that. So I just wanted to kind of help people okay. that, that look like me. You know, that not even just look like me, but just was, was like me. They didn't really have that much opportunity or didn't have the right guidance right, without right. spending all their money to get what they need to be. I did that for a little while. The market crash. That was before. That was right after the housing market and all of that so stuff. It was like 2008, 2009. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah I had a company called... Um, Style DeVita at that time. Okay. Uh, what's style, what style DeVita about? Style DeVita means lifestyle. Okay. It was just uh, it was just about changing your lifestyle. Okay. That's all it was about. Okay. Um, but I did that. I was just crazy. I've always had employees mm-hmm. and always had people. I just always took that extra approach. I've never filled out an application a day in my life. <laughs> Usually when you hear that, it's coming from people who's in the streets. You yeah, I mean? but th- this is yeah. a different street. Nah, you know nah, 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 yeah. I, I dig it. I dig it. I never filled out an application uh-huh. because I just always wanted to just try shit. Okay. You know what I mean? And so did, did you always want to be your own boss? Like, no, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Like, because you know, some people they struggle. I, I want to be an entrepreneur. That's what I want to do. I actually don't mind being part of like a dope team. Okay. Like even me as a designer now, I always look for opportunities to work with like bigger brands and mm. design within. You know what I mean? And be independent contractor within. You know what I mean? I, I, that's one of my goals. Mm-hmm. Like, to design for some of the other brands out there in their footwear department. Okay. You know, and, and help enhance the footwear. Okay. You know, with my skills. Yeah, that's going to happen. Okay. You know, like, I can see that. Okay. You know? So, you, you were on Wall Street for three years. I did the Wall Street thing and then, you know, died. I had an office on Wall Street. Then I got an office on Lafayette. Mm-hmm. I started, like... um. I went out of the suit, started wearing back sweatsuits more, mm-hmm. and, and just that barber look. Okay. You know, that's that dumbed-down look. And I had a good friend who was a music producer. Remember, I told you I had an internship in Priority. music, and then I used to cut celebrities. So I kind of had a good record label uh, and, like, good history in the music industry. I mm-hmm. knew a lot of people at that time that was interns and everything else. So I started managing this um, producer by the name of Bula. Okay. He did, like, the... He did like Beanie Siegel Flatline. Mm-hmm. He did like Nicole Ray, If I Was Your Girlfriend. Mm-hmm. He did like a Neo Joint. He did a lot of, he had, he had a lot of um, joints under his discography, and I started managing him. We grew up together too okay. in okay. Hempstead. He mm-hmm. so happened to you know be from the same town. Right, right. So he had the same goals. I was around people that just had the same goals as me, and then I wound up managing him mm-hmm. while I was trying to figure it out. Okay. In the mix of managing him, it was a struggle. You know, I went from Wall Street to eating dollar pizza. You know what I'm saying? Just so, that fast. Just that fast. Mm-hmm. So, um, I just 
did odds and end stuff. Like I was uh, managing this club. I was working with this dude named Derek Cawley. He was a real good friend of mine. Mm. He used to manage a lot of clubs and he'd get all the promoters in. So that was my nighttime gig. I used to work with him, working with the promoters. And then I used to manage Bula in the daytime. And I still had the office on Lafayette running style DeVita management at mm. that time. And then um, I just like, fuck, I was like, this is, I was upset with it. It wasn't really making no money for me. At that time, just having gone from, you know, being on Wall Street to, like you said, just eating dollar pizza, like, what did that do for you, just like mentally, emotionally? Oh, like, did, it like, did, it, me. did it fuck you I up? Went from a, you gotta understand, like, I went from a dude from the hood, mm -hmm. didn't have much, to like Porsches and 9 Porsche 911s, Range Rovers, and 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 just doing what I wanted to do to working with celebrities to being on Wall Street wearing wearing Zinian Canali Pazzinelli suits mm -hmm, mm -hmm. to like you know back to like dollar pizza and shit like that like but I wasn't ever scared because I came from that okay so you gotta understand like you can't be scared of where you came from it's like you were you you were familiar with struggle even though it's not necessarily something that you wanted to experience but you yeah you could, you I'm could totally get, familiar you with could, struggle you could get through it yeah I don't I don't get nervous okay. I just figure out solutions okay okay all right so in the music industry as far as managing yeah I used to work with him so yeah that was cool we 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 got far with him okay. like he did we got 106 in Park mm -hmm. video pick of the week we got. Uh, we did a lot. We did a lot in that period of time. He mm. got MTV on MTV. He was on MTV Jams, MTVU. We got pretty far. It just wasn't no money. Okay. And it like you know it wasn't no money mm. like for me. Well, we was going. We had. To, I had to make a choice. In the mix of it, um, I met like I met my mentor, which is a really good friend of mine, and and like a brother. His name by the name of GMD three. GMD from Switzerland. He wound up shooting pictures for artists that me and Bula was working with and stuff like that and me and G developed a really good relationship mm. G was developing his skills with product and all of that at mm. the same time he was you know he was a director he was a CGI he's a CGI graphic designer so he was developing his photo skills and everything mm. at the same time so I built relationships like I said with people leading up to whatever I was doing but then I started designing okay. and one day I think I designed like a bracelet and a wallet I think my wallet got stolen mm. and I designed a wallet and then I try to find a manufacturer that can actually finish off my design and I wind up meeting a lot of good people just doing some homework. What, what, what pushed you to uh, design these this bracelet and this wallet like of all things that you could design or just like or just in know. your mind you're thinking like let me make myself something real quick. Because I, cause I, I think it was always I knew how to draw mm -hmm. so it was like I already I was just accessories has always been dope to me mm -hmm. so I was like always the thing like if I design a shirt you're gonna put the shirt on today, and it might not see you for a month. Mm. But if you put my a belt on or a bracelet on or what, you you're gonna wear it every day. Right, right. That was my mindset. Okay. Things that people connect can't connect with mm. on a regular. But I didn't even do it for the people. I did it for a thing who I me connecting. Okay. Things that I could connect with every day. Right, right, right. I didn't want to wear nobody else's wallet no more. <laughs> uh, no, I wanted to wear my own shit. And that's kind of like the reverse, because you know, you think about, in retail especially, you think about like merchandising and buying and stuff like that. It's just like you're supposed to buy for the trends or like what people are into. Not, you're not shopping for yourself, you're basically shopping for other people. So it's kind of like, the, that's like the reverse thinking. I, I would say the reverse to the approach when it comes to retail. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I mean, I just like, I just felt like, I had an eye and I could play around with it. I remember him, I remember Bula saying to me like, yo, 
yo, you you can get real serious at this. Like, yeah. I'm like, man, get out of here. <laughs> I'm like, get out of here, man. So at this point, you really you didn't have like an exit strategy or a plan of like what. what I just what was living. Going? I just was. Pay- I mean, I all now remember this. Throughout all of this, mm-hmm. I still lived by myself. It's not like I didn't. Um, me and Bula lived in the same house for a little while. That was like a. But I still like I didn't live with my mother. Mm. Like so, my struggle. You never went back to to Long Island once you left. No, not okay. to live. Okay. Uh, to visit, yeah. Right, right. That's what I mean. To live. You never went back to live. In I Long just Island once you I left. I just figured out way. I mean, I can go. Yo, man, I can go get a job doing whatever I want to do. Mm. To be honest with you, I just I like what I like. Mm. And I think I'm one of them type of people. I wait into it pop off what I like okay um but yeah so how to sh- how I started designing accessories and then you know like I said I just kept pushing I learned a lot more about leather and and all these other materials and I mean I like sneakers a lot okay a lot I so think, you, you would consider yourself a sneakerhead I consider myself a sneaker guy not a head I mean because I think there's not no one particular I like Jordans like everybody else do mm-hmm. I know my history but there's guys that know why it was made and why that sneaker, you know, why they did, why Nike did that, mm. or, you know, when did Tinker start working with Nike? Like, oh, yeah. these people know all of that. Like, that's not what I do. Mm. I just, in, um, I just admire shapes okay. and colors, and so I, I in, in quality. So, so I was always, a, I was into quality. So I didn't care who made it. Was it, it was about the aesthetic for you? Yeah. So okay. anyway, but I always felt like sneakers was missing something. I felt like. You spent all this money and they gave you something, but you was missing something at the same time. Okay. And um, I remember me and Bula having a conversation. I'll say this in all my interviews. Like, the conversation was more like, he was like, yo. I was like, yo, man, that would be dope if it was like some fucking leather or something, some mm-hmm. type of different laces. I get tired of this shit. The laces should match the shoe. Mm-hmm. And he was like, yo, that'd be dope with some Python shoelaces. And I was like, nigga, you can't make a bunch of Python shoelaces. <laughs> you can't make a Python shoelaces, bunch of Python shoelaces because of it's gonna cost people too much money. I already started thinking like thinking business. Right, right, right. So instead of it just being a conversation, I went and I actually did my homework on okay. it. And um, it was never it wasn't done before. Only thing was done was like the traditional joints that you see, like that Timberland made. Mm. But there was nothing that mimicked the actual real shoelace. Yeah. It was never done in history. Like, you what, what you're doing now with Aglet Italy. Was the first in the world. Premium shoelace, premium leather shoelaces. Was the first in the world. Wow. Okay. No, no, no. World. Now, you wow. gotta understand what I'm saying. No, like, no, no, no. Like, that's, that, that's major. Like, the world. Like, like the first the, in the world. Not like the first did, did it in the United States. Like, no, the first worldwide. We did our homework. Yeah. We did our homework for a year and a half before mm. we even let people see it. Mm. So yeah. Okay. Okay. So, I yeah. didn't. I didn't know that. I didn't know like I knew it was like the first of its kind, but I didn't know like globally. It was the first. You okay. had never seen it before. Okay. Nobody taking. Nobody's mimic a real shoelace because they didn't think about the shoelace no more. They forgot about it. Mm-hmm. The shoelace was hot at one time. Yeah. When I used to dance and shoelaces was it. Yeah. Break dancing. It was about the fat laces. Mm-hmm. And shoelaces was how you separated. How you was. Were you whether you wore no shoelaces, whether you wore crisscross, whether you wore checkerboard. Whether you want straight across, whether you mix up your shoelaces, whether you change them, every I actually used to we used to change our shoelaces when we got them. I remember having a pair of Jordan threes, black pair of cements. Mm. I put the red, some red cotton shoelaces in there. I just always liked the different look. Okay. So yeah, that was just always a, it was an opener for me. I I told G about it, in GMD, and he told me it was genius. Like, yeah, that's genius. I was like, all right. 
And when I was, before before we got started, I read um that piece right there on the wall with you and your partners. So it started out with I started out with me, then I then I told Joel about it. It was me, Joel, Jean Paul, and Vitari, mm. Ty. All four of us was Agla Italy, and we, you know, we pushed it as a as a group, and everybody we all had something to bring to the table. So what year what year did Agla Italy officially launch? Um. Now it's been. Now it's been, it's been seven years altogether. Like okay. I said, but the market. We've been in the market for four. Okay. Okay. So, but you, so before officially launched, you were already selling your designs or not? I was already doing stuff. Okay. I'm just saying before we officially launched, no, for a year I tested the market out. I was giving shit away. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's a lot of testers. <laughs> yeah. I used to, but it was, people liked it. What was the overall response? Like you said, people liked it. Like people, what were people saying to you just about just come like, cause like you said, it was the first in the world. You know, people weren't accustomed to seeing like premium shoelaces. Like how was it difficult at first to get people to buy into it, or just yeah, you, people, you being you. Even now, people were like, even now, people Star say it's, it's it's cool. Like it's gotta be it's gotta be fresh. Nah, I think even now, like I didn't. So I didn't design. We didn't. The key to the company was never let people know who was behind the company. Mm -hmm. Just create a company that people like. Not, not a company that people. Not a company that people want to buy because they think the people are cool. Mm -hmm. We actually that was the thing I was always talking to G about. Like let's, let's not show a bunch of faces. Like let's just show good dope product, and mm -hmm. people were just gonna buy it. They thought everybody was from Italy. <laughs> we didn't think we was, you know, didn't think we was from America. Yeah. And I always, and a lot of people don't even know, like, people, a lot of people didn't even know what the company means. Right, right. They thought it was a fancy name. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I saw, I saw when I was reading, it was like a play on, like, on the word, and like, y'all were thinking about acronyms and all these different things when y'all first came up with the name. So, what does Aglet mean? Yeah, Aglet is the little piece of plastic on the end of your shoelace. Okay. That's an Aglet. Um, whether it's a, plastic one or, or anything even on your sweatpants that little piece of metal or plastic or whatever they decide to use it's called the aglet now y'all know there's actually an official name for that little piece you of plastic yeah. on uh on on laces and whatnot okay but you, you just switched out the e and to an, to an I. To I. Okay. Yeah. okay okay we did that for search engine acronym so okay. you if you search aglet a-g-l-i-t mm -hmm. You're gonna find only, 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 only your gonna, thing will come up. Yeah. Okay. Okay. If you search, change it the to proper. E, yeah. Okay. Change it you to won't find e. you. Yeah. That's smart. That's smart. So that makes our Google stronger. Right. Right. The SEO is important. A lot of people don't think about that. Yeah. Like that even, made it. That made it really heavy because when you Google premium shoelaces, leather shoelaces, anything, we come up first mm -hmm. all the time without even paying for ad space. So, so sourcing the, the the leather from Italy, like. How how did you go about that process of like? No, we was part of a team. Uh, uh, so in the United States, there's always a home for some of these places. They need to get the product here, mm -hmm. and we we ran into a couple of companies that actually source from different parts of Italy, mm -hmm. and we just started working with that company. Okay. Did you? But did at at this point had you already gone out there to? to we didn't go to Italy. No. Okay. We never had to. I mean, we only care about we we love it, and I think Italy is a really incredible place, mm -hmm. but. It was all about the leather. <laughs> How important is it to, to, to know the source of your materials? Because I, I find that a lot of independent um, clothing lines, designers, like, 
they they don't do that. And I don't know if it's because they just don't care or they're just not able to. They don't have like the the, the resource. The, yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, it's good to know where your materials come from, what part of the country, mm. how it's being made, how it's being treated. It's important because now that helps sells and that, that helps the client that's buying it. You're selling somebody something you should know about what you're selling them. What's the what's the one question you're asked often, like for for somebody first time they come into the shop or they wanted to buy some laces, like what's the one question? that they ask all the time. Wow. I didn't know. They always ask, wow, there's a store for just shoelace? Yeah, <laughs> that's the first thing they always say. Or like, oh my God, it feels incredible. Uh, oh, and I've had stupid questions like, how do you guys pay your bills just what? on shoelaces? I'm like, huh? How do you ask somebody that type of question? I mean, that's beyond being stupid. That's a little intrusive. Like, <laughs> Yeah. But we go, well, the same way the guy that sells ice cream in the wintertime. It's no different. Right. Right, like there's there's a market for it. Somebody's yeah. going to want to buy this. We, yeah, we got people that dropped off sneakers by 15, 20 pair at a time. Mm -hmm. So when you first started, did y'all initially start with a brick and mortar store? Or was it no, just it's online? not about brick and mortars for us. We have um, online is was our key. Okay. And social media was pretty heavy, so we that was it. We was never going to do a store. Okay. We just tested it with a store. We kind of got hooked into that. So yeah, we wasn't it wasn't about the store. For okay. Us. And the first store. NoHo. That was the first no location? NoHo was the first location. That was a test location. We did pop-ups before that. We did West Broadway for like three days. Okay. We did test it all through New York City. Okay. We did a, we did a went on a road trip. We did a, on a tour. We took a uh, took a Mercedes-Benz Sprinter. Okay. How many cities did y'all hit up? We didn't hit D.C. We were supposed to hit D.C. That never happened. We hit um, Atlanta. Okay. We hit Chicago. Um... Like three states that we hit back to back. It was, it's a lot to be in a sprinter for that long. Mm, Doing yeah. pop ups. <laughs> How long was y'all on the road? For a minute. Okay. Yeah. I mean, but was, we did it. Was it, was it fun? Was it worth it? It was expensive, but it was worth it too. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it was. It was interesting. Who? Where? Where's the the your your most clientele coming from? Like, what part of the country or what what country even? Like, you find the, your your largest amount of customers. Like, is New York behind you the most? New York is behind me for the store, but we got from everywhere. We got a lot of Atlanta. We got, we got a little bit everywhere. Okay. I can't really say one place. Like, I look at my databases. It's, it's, it's all over. It's all over? Okay. We're going to take the second uh, to do my new favorite segment, Critical Place Theory. Okay. <laughs> it's like where I ask everybody, you know, three things you love or hate about, about your city. So, go ahead and run it. Mm, well, the the what I hated. You start. Uh, you can start. Well, the, the good or the bad. It's up to you. I, the things I love about my city is how it's a melting pot mm -hmm. and how it's it's so inspiring mm -hmm. and it inspires you. It gives you energy. Mm -hmm. It charges you when you're there to just go do something. Okay, absolutely. It's so many opportunities there. Yes, yes. You just gotta know which which block to turn on. But every block. In my in my city of New York has a opportunity. Um, so the first thing is opportunity, love. Mm -hmm. The second thing is the energy, mm -hmm. right? And the third thing is the people. The people, you know, you learn a lot from the people. Just watch. Just, yeah. just the, the 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 energy, the spirit, the diverse. Yeah, diversity. The diversity. So yeah. then, so the thing I hate is me being from. Being a New Yorker, I hate how people separate themselves. Okay. So they're stuck in one area and they don't know how to 
use what's here. Like stuck in like their own borough. Yeah, or they, their own or, city or, or, or the town. Okay. Yeah, they don't. They don't. I hate that people don't really use New York for what New York can be used for. Because there's so much here. Like, right. You could just. You could be even from, from like Jersey. You could be from anywhere. It's still you're right here. Yeah, you, you can really use this shit. At a, um, I hate that we don't work together enough. Mm-hmm. You know, pe- we be in pockets. Yeah. You know, and a, and another thing I hate is. Uh, I, I hate the fact that even when we still got Uber, it's still hard to get a yellow cab. <laughs> That's wild too. Well, you know what? You, you would have thought because I know I know at home in DC, the cabs now like they'll pick us up because like Uber and Lyft and cut into their money so much. So I've 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 watched it. I don't take the cabs just because I know it's it costs more than the Uber and Lyft. You know I got I got a credit card I can use it, but just seeing I'm just like damn like it took for this to happen for you to decide to pick us up. Yeah. Another part that kind of com uh, uh, reflects on a part of how people don't uh, utilize it. The people that do utilize it, they stay in pockets. Mm-hmm. Like know, they, don't share the knowledge, don't share. Yeah, the, they just like in like you know I'm over snoozy in this area. Yeah. You know, like that exclusivity. Mm-hmm. You know, for what? For what? The tourists, the tourists use our city more than we use our city. But New Yorkers hate tourists. In New York is a tourist, <laughs> but without the tourists, New York would be wouldn't be the same because New Yorkers don't really use New York the right. way New York's supposed to be used. Right, right. It's the tourists that do. Mm-hmm. We're not the ones that keep the hotels open. Right. Even down to just like the the cool things that people might decide to take advantage of in New York or wherever. It's just like a lot of that there isn't really because of the residents. Is because they're trying to keep drawing people in. Yeah, you think know? about the average New Yorker. They've never been a tourist in their own town, in their own state. So, like, ask people, ask a New Yorker, have they done any tourist stuff? Like, like have, even something like just Empire going State, like Empire, Empire State, State or Statue Buildings, of Liberty. Statue, all of that. Like, be a tourist for the day. Like, New Yorkers don't do that. <laughs> well, I have to say, before I moved to New York, I lived in New York for a while. Um, I would say I'm glad that I got my tourist stuff out the way on my eighth grade class trip. Oh, but <laughs> it's different as a grown up. Okay, so you're saying I should try it again? Why not? Okay, I I think about it. I think about it. Um, all right. Was that three? Yeah, that was all three. That okay. was four. All right, <laughs> I'll take it. Um, all right. I just want to, I wanted to ask one once again about just like brick and mortar versus online because you did have you did have both going. You do have both going. Mm-hmm. Um, what is just some of the pros and cons of like as an access as an independent accessories designer or just an independent business owner? Period. Just like. Does it make sense to even open a brick and mortar at all, or? Well, we we're the destination store, so okay. I think it works good if you create a good clientele. Mm-hmm. Yes, the overhead is serious. It's nothing to play with, but you overhead. But you can if you have the good, you have the product, supply and demand. If you have the demand, people are gonna come looking for you. And it, yes, it's an advantage because people get to get a feel for your product and mm-hmm. get a chance to talk with people one on one before right. they buy it. Especially for a product like ours, people. I've never seen it. It's the first of its kind, even though there's like little guys out there trying to mimic us now. But there's the you first. You know, flattery. I mean, not flattery, but uh, imitation is the. Yeah, <laughs> we all about it. It's all love. I mean, you. Some one person starts it, and some everybody else jumps on the bandwagon. Mm-hmm. That's what keeps it alive. Mm-hmm. So if nobody jumped on the bandwagon, it wouldn't be alive. You know what I mean? So that's important. Okay. Um, do you think that? Do you think the store could have worked in any other part of the city? Yeah, New York, I think we can work anywhere. I think New York itself has pockets that's very um, residential that 
you know, it's just kind of hard to work in those areas. You need to be in a more of a commercial area. Mm-hmm. A lot of area. foot traffic. You need some yeah. foot. Tra- you need some foot traffic. I mean, just to, with that NoHo location had minimum foot traffic, but we was a destination store. I mean, you're on a you're on a you're on a you're on a block, uh, Great Jones Street, that um got a lot of history. You yeah, know what I mean? that was a lot yeah. of people don't know that like Basquiat Studio was on was on that block. You yeah, Basquiat Studio, all of that stuff was dope. I think, but I, I personally think we was the only, but we was the only store on the block. Okay. They think about it. Only store store. Okay. Everybody else was like a hardware store, restaurant. a restaurant, a picture frame store, mm-hmm. a record slash coffee shop. You know, that's until you crossed over to like Cross Lafayette, then you're getting like, you know, you got Philip Lemon and all that more towards the corner. But there's no supporting stores. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think supporting stores is important because when somebody's shopping for something else, they could just come stop into your place. Right, right. Okay. Well, um,. I consider you a successful entrepreneur. No, thank you. You know I what I mean. I don't know if I'm you here. do because I know. Of course, I give myself credit all the time. I, I don't. I'm not. The only hard. reason why I say this because a lot of times we are, we always have we set these goals for ourselves and it's like like oh I'm still going you know I don't consider myself having done da 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 because I haven't done X Y and Z yet so I'm nah. still going you know but all successful entrepreneurs you know they make mistakes along the way just in the whole learning process and everything yeah. like that. Yeah, there's no look. For me, I'm good. I mean, I'm comfortable. You can see. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm cool. I, I'm just making the best out of life. I'm, well, the question I was going to ask was like, what was a mistake that you made that you had learned the biggest lesson from? I mean, to be honest with you, I jumped into things using my own money. Mm-hmm. I didn't jump. I didn't understand that you don't, you don't use your own money for business. You use use institutions dollars to mm-hmm. build up, and then you buy product with the institution dollars. Mm-hmm then you pay back the institution. So you do two things at the same time. You build credit mm-hmm. and you build you build credit and then you build the business and you bring build finances. Mm-hmm. And those two things was important. I didn't do that. I always jumped into it with my own money because I always put my last into everything. If yeah. nobody if you don't put your own shit into your own dreams, nobody else is. So just investing in yourself. Yeah, so that's my biggest my biggest mistake. So I've always run into a situation where now I have a bunch of cash and then I'll go low and then I go back high mm-hmm. because I'm constantly putting my own money out. Instead of just going to get on the computer and searching for dollars. I know, I mean, that's something I struggle with. You know, even to this day, it's like, man, it's just easier if I just pay for it myself. You know what I mean? Because, like, yeah, but, you know, you don't have to go through the, the back and forth and, you know what I mean, and wait or, like, you know, you want them to give you this amount to get going and you're like, hey, well, that whole negotiation process. It's there I mean? though. We, mm-hmm. If you don't take advantage of it, somebody else will. Mm-hmm. Okay. You always, you, we always say, well, this person owns a deli, this person owns a cleaners. They didn't really use their own money. Okay. They started somewhere. Something to think about. I mean, even naming those types of businesses, you think like people just sunk into everything nah, they had. Sometimes they did things to pull it out of certain areas, whether they're pulling out their mortgage they use the form of an institution dollar a lot of the times, mm-hmm. but that's where we come from. Like when you grow up with less than, you always think that you got to be the one to make it happen. You got to find, it's, you just got to know how to find dollars. Right, is, right. And then keep your money in your bank account. Right, right. Um, I mean, just everything you've, you've discussed, you've mentioned about your story, your, your journey in this interview, like... It's a, it's, a, it's a compelling one, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. like, you know, like I said, I didn't know a lot of this about you, you know what I mean? But mm-hmm. I knew that, you know, you got a, you got an ill eye for design, great business owner, entrepreneur, all of that. Um, it just sounds like you just had like a, a, a strong level of self-determination, you know, which I think a lot of people lack, you know, they go into things and they just want to like, want it to happen right away, 
You know what I mean? But you, it's like you didn't see any obstacles, even when the obstacles were right in front of you. You found a way to maneuver around those obstacles. Still doing it every day. Mm -hmm. Every day. I work with, I had a large team of people that I worked with. I mean, look, all these major brands was built on other people. Mm -hmm. Hate to say it like this is the truth. Like other nah, people nah, contribute nah. their time. Keep on it, man. Keep on they contribute their time to build them up. Whoever, I don't care who it is, a record label, whoever. Every somebody interned somewhere. Mm -hmm. They put some energy into it. They put somebody else onto it. They built up. They not with the company no more. Somebody else comes in and helps out. Mm -hmm. These people, everybody contribute towards. These people contribute towards building these brands. Mm -hmm. The people that's a, the people that benefits from it is the people that stick with it. Mm -hmm. And the and the actual brand creators, if they stick with it and they continue to bring in good people, they will be successful at it as well. And it's always good at the end, but it's always a struggle in the beginning. What 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 inspires you, man? Like what inspires you just to keep going? Oh, I'm inspired by a lot. Like you know, inspired by things I've never touched before, mm -hmm. I've never owned, or never did. I'm inspired by that. But I don't even push myself to even do a lot of those things. Look, I. I'm live by you know I'm live I'm right here by Teterboro. Mm -hmm. I see private jets <laughs> outside my house every day. I'm not fly I'm not flying private every day. That's not what I do. Mm -hmm. um, but I know that same way I see things, I can reverse it. You know what I mean? Like if that's what I really want to do, I'll go do that. Yeah. What I really want to do is be truly successful in every which way. So mm -hmm. I I never did this. I, you know, some people say you do. I just got into business to build up my last name, not necessarily to build up what I can put in my pockets today. Mm. Yeah, I survived today, but it's all about my last name. If I can have, my kids can have something to live off right. of. Just somebody have to start it somewhere mm. that somebody's talking about something later. Okay, okay. Well, just in wrapping up, I know you got a new location coming soon. Well, just working on location. My new location always is on www.agalaitaly.com. <laughs> That's where y'all can find them. That's always the best location. Okay. Online. And because of it's so worldwide, it's the best store you can always have. Mm. We are, we're in the mix of uh, talking about app, an app, you know, developing an app for mm. the brand, which would be really good for people. We're doing private client services when, you know, we want to make people, we want members. We mm. want people to become a member when you call you. You don't have to always go online. You could just feel old school with it. You can. You remember, we already have your information on file. You can say, hey, look, I need this, I need that. You can call it in because you don't have to worry about this online. You know exactly what you're getting. You know the sizes you need, you know the color, you know if it's available. That's what the members get. Okay. So we, we, we're just trying to develop a lot more things to reach a larger reach. Mm -hmm. That was important. You know, people from anywhere can get at us. In the mix of it, we're going to partner with a couple of people and we'll... Uh, we build up a, a new location mm -hmm. and we get ready for holiday like that. Okay. But in the mix of it, you know, the number one location is aglaitaly.com. Aglaitaly.com. So, www.aglaitaly.com. What's the uh, social media? Oh, at aglet underscore Italy. Okay. Okay. All right. So, I mean, I normally ask people what's next for them, but you already hit that right there. Well, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, next is... <laughs> Just continue to grow. We we well we, we do. We have we brought out Agla Italy. Um, we started out with Agla Italy Premium Collections. Mm -hmm. Then we went to Agla Italy Denim, mm -hmm. and then we're gonna develop Agla Italy Sport. What's that gonna consist of? Sport, sport is like different materials, okay. like sporty materials that we in a tech age. Yeah. So it's time to start playing with tech materials mm -hmm. to do something really sporty, and nice out of tech materials. You know, we never know who we partner up with. We've been in talks with Foot Locker and all these other people about working that out so we'll okay. see
right. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm always looking forward to what you got coming, Star. So, you know, I know it's going to be ill. Yeah, man. We're just man. having fun. Look, everything is, I always tell people, we everything with us is organic. Okay. That's the key. Huh. Shit being organic. So, everything we've, everything we've done, we've got an organic uh, response to it. So. Word, 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 word. Well, Star, that's all I got for you, man. I appreciate you. All good, brother. <laughs> all right. All right, man. The All The Fly Kids show is powered by Fairground Creative Media and is recorded at the Innovator Studio inside Impact Hub, located in the Penn Quarter section of downtown D.C. Engineered by Backpack Matt and Ryan Gordon and produced by Geronimo Knows, me. You can subscribe to and listen to this podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Mixcloud, and Spreaker. Tell a friend and pay it forward.